you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, on, on Sunday we looked at Mark chapter 4 and we actually read verse 35 to 41 and we referred to the earlier verses in the course of the meditation. And what we saw was that verse 35 said, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And we said that because the Bible told us on the same day, then there was something that we were to take note of from that day. And we learned that that day had been a day of lectures, a day of a lot of teachings, a day that the parable of the sower was given to them, and the day that he also explained it to them. And we learned that the things that happened thereafter were simply examinations or testings to know whether the students had gotten the lesson correctly. And we saw that unfortunately they didn't get the lesson correctly because he told them in verse 40, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Because what I spoke to you was, let us cross over to the other side. I didn't say, let us go and die. Praise the Lord. It meant that everything and anything that was not on the other side was something that must surely come to pass. Tell somebody, it surely will come to pass. Once it is not the word of God, it will blow away. And the word of the Lord is the one that was what? Forever settled. In heaven and also in your lives in the name of Jesus Christ. So quickly I want us to just review that lecture so that subsequently we'll keep passing. In that Mark 4, if you go to verse 20, we're told that the last set of the seed, you say these are the ones sown on good ground. Who hear the word? I want us to take note there. He said who hear the word? Say one. The second thing is that accept the word too. Then the third one is what? Bear fruit. Three. So hearing the word is one out of three. And unfortunately many times we are satisfied with hearing the word. Hearing the word is not enough. That word accept, like we've said here, is the same thing with believe. It's the same thing with receive. It's the same thing with obey. So when I hear the word, it's not enough. It's the beginning. I'm privileged. The only thing it guarantees is that if I hear the word, I will write the exam. Just like if you enroll in a school and you're enrolled in that class and for that course, you will surely have to write the exam or else it can stop your graduation. Are you agreeing with me? So the same thing when you hear the word, it means you're going to be tested. But for you and I to be successful, then we have to what? Accept the word as the word of God, which will surely, you know, come to effect. And then the next part of it is to bear fruit. So those are the three levels. Now we saw in the case of the disciples, they didn't quite bear fruit, even though after this. I want to believe, I've not checked that out. But I want to believe that this must have happened before Peter walked on water. Because the next time a similar situation treats itself, you remember, while they were afraid, the exam was taken a notch higher. Because in that situation, Jesus was not in the boat. They saw Jesus walking on the water. And then they said he was a ghost and they became afraid. But Peter wanted to exercise some faith and said, 
if it is you, bid me to do what? To come to you on water. So he actually had graduated. I believe somebody is graduating in the name of Jesus. He had taken it high. So he was not afraid in the boat and not even afraid to step out of the boat. May somebody has step out of the boat in the name of Jesus. Anyway, we're going to come back to that if we have time. The second thing we learn from the lesson there is that when the Bible says the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, the primary thing he wants to steal is what? The word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without the word, there cannot be faith. So what does the devil do? He wants to set you apart from God's goodness. We learned on Wednesday that God is good, God loves us, God is all-powerful. The devil wants to remove you from the goodness of God, remove you from experiencing the power of God, remove you from abiding under the love of God. So he comes to steal the word. And how does he steal the word? It's so easy. I think it was on Sunday, I can't remember. After service, I just realized how quickly we step out of service and our conversations and discussions have nothing to do with what we learned in service. Whereas if a football match is played, for the next seven hours to two days, you see the fans talking about what happened. Did you see that dribbling? Did you see that penalty? The referee was wrong. This thing was hard. Have you noticed that? That's what the word does. They meditate on what they saw for 19 minutes. Now you and I will come out from church and immediately we go back to the football. Or we go back to what um, Buhari said or what he didn't say. Unfortunately, that is the strategy. The devil is out to steal. And if you know that part of the parable, he said immediately. Immediately. So maybe we will learn after service. Let's begin to say, did you see that thing that, you know, the preacher said? Did you hear that illustration? Did you hear that? That will help us. Amen. Then the other thing I pick quickly from there is that when they told us in verse 17, those who were choked or who failed it when persecution arose for the world's sake. It says, because they have no root. That's in verse 17. It says, and they have no root. And when I saw that, what it reminded me of is what we're learning, when we're learning commitment. You see, commitment is what makes you to say, well, I don't know how it's going to come out, but this is where I'm what? Standing. I'm rooted. The word root means to be grounded. It talks about something beneath the surface that is holding you. So in building parlance, it will be foundation. In agriculture, you know, uh, this thing, it will be the root of the tree that grounds it. So if there is no water in the area, can the tree move? It's rooted. Praise the Lord. If the sun is too much, can the tree move? It can move. It's already rooted. And that is why the Bible says, those who wait upon what? The Lord. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So that is what helps us to bear fruit. When we are rooted, so many times we are so easily moved and swayed about. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. The last part of it, which I believe is what, you know, we began to look at on Sunday, is when he says, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. So what we saw in the text on Sunday was that the wind and the storm came to check whether these people believe the word. Simply, we are learning now that every word I hear is going to be what? Tested. And it won't be tested with breakfast. It was going to be tested with tribulation and persecution. Simply said, opposition because of the word. Do you believe what you heard? Praise the name of the Lord. So from there, we find that there is a pattern. And that is the pattern that we want to continue to walk in victoriously as we go on in Jesus' name. The word comes or the promise comes. You hear it, you get it, 
Okay? And then immediately after, there is a contradiction or the resistance. God said to Abraham, get out of your country, out of, the, out of your family, out of your kindred, to a land I will show you. I'm going to make you this and make you that. And he kept going. One year, no child. How long does it take to conceive and bring birth? Nine months now. So after the first year, nothing. Second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. What was that? It was a contradiction of the promise. But thank God the Bible says that contrary to hope, Praise the Lord. Contrary to hope, somebody listening to me, God has made a promise and everything about you looks like a contradiction. It is the pattern. When the contradictions come, you know what you're to do. You're to respond with faith. Faith calls those things what? That be not as though they were. One of the best things that God did for Abraham before the fulfillment of the promise was change his name from Abraham to what? Abraham. So he was speaking like he was already there. This is where the confession comes in. Where you're speaking, calling yourself what God calls you. Saying what God has said you will be. In spite of your immediate experience. Why? Because we know that the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen what? Are eternal. So you can use the word of God and enter. You can use the confession of what God has said. He says, I'm healed, I'm healed. Praise the Lord. He says, I'm rich, I'm rich. Even though now the landlord may be shaking me. It will be part of my testimony when I enter into my enlarged place. Praise the Lord. So there is the response of faith. And that is simply saying, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe his word concerning me. Now many times, unfortunately, when these contradictions come, we respond with fear. And what happens is that defeat becomes the outcome. And it's as though the word of God was never meant to be. But when we respond with faith, victory becomes ours. And that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So this evening, I want to take you to a text in the Bible. I think we may have looked at it here before. And we're going to look at it again. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 2. When you come to Deuteronomy chapter 2, from verse 2, I'll read verse, just verse 2 for us here. Verse 2, 3, and 4. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, Deuteronomy 2, verse 2 to 4. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have scattered this mountain long enough. Turn northward and command the people, saying, You are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. Okay, I can't stop there. I have to continue. Do not meddle with them. For I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep. Because I've given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. Six, you shall buy food from them with money that you may eat. And you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. For the Lord God has blessed you. Okay, I stop there for now. Now, this is what is happening here. After the children of Israel had scattered, you know, the wilderness for about 38 years, it was time for them to progress and enter into Canaan. And God began to say to them, now as you're going to go, you're going to meet some nations. Notably, they were going to pass through the land of the Edomites. These were the descendants of Esau. They were going to pass the land of the Moabites and the Ammonites. These were the descendants of Lot. And because of the ties that God had, you know, the ties these people had with Abraham, by whatever means, God said, I will not give you their land. Now, interestingly, if you go home, because where we're going to do a bit more details is from 24. As the children of Israel passed through the land of Edom and Moab and Ammon, God said to them, I will not give you their land. 
Now, what happened in this case is this, and that's why I read verse 4, was that these people were afraid of the children of Israel. Now, naturally, if you wanted to pick a fight, wouldn't you want to pick a fight with somebody you can beat? With somebody you get intel that is afraid of you, isn't it? Now, unfortunately, spiritually, it never works that way. David did not go and fight the lads in his neighborhood. When the anointing is on you, God does not set you up to fight with people that you can squash. Is somebody hearing me? What we find in this story, he said to them, they will be afraid of you. And that information should have actually followed with what? Go and take them over. But it doesn't work that way. In spiritual things, when God sets you in such a position, there are people you should love, there are people you should take care of. So these people, the Edomites, the Moabites, and the Ammonites, they passed through their land. And every time they came to any of them, they would buy from them food with money, buy water with money, and then pass peacefully through their land. But come with me to verse 24. Now, when you come to verse 24 of this Deuteronomy 2, it says, Rise, and I'm going to read it down now. Rise, let's read together. Take your journey and cross over the river Anon. Look. I've given into your hands Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Notice what? He has what? Given into their hands what? Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. What's the next statement? It says, begin to possess it and engage him in battle. 25. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven. Who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you? Let's see how this happens. 26 now. And I, this is Moses reporting. And I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Sihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, let me pass through your land. I will keep strictly to the road. I will turn neither to the right nor to the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot. Just as the descendants of Esau, who dwell in Seir, and the Moabites, who dwell in Ar, did for me, until I crossed the Jordan to the land which the Lord our God is giving us. Can you see what is happening here? He was making the same presentation, offer of peace, that he had made to the Ammonites and the Moabites. Now, because this particular case was different because there was something intended for the children of Israel in this particular land. This is what happened, verse 13. But Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass through. Let's stop there. Sihon, king of Heshbon, would what? Would not let us pass through. So what do you see here? You see resistance. You see an obstacle, isn't it? Now let me stop here in case I never get to it. For the child of God, obstacles are properties for acquisition. Are you getting it? Obstacles for the child of God. Obstacles and you are never meant to see a challenge and run away. He said any challenge that a child of God in obedience, while he's walking in obedience, I'm not talking of the trouble you can find for yourself. While you're in obedience to God, you face a challenge at work, at home, financial, whatever, and you know that where you are is where God said it should be. Just rest assured that what? That that thing is a design, a, a, you know, a, 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 a,
a, a plan from God to give you what you did not have before. Praise the Lord. It's never to bring you down. No. You know why? The, the, the Bible says we are overcomers. We are overcomers. When such obstacles come, simply they are designed to take you higher, to increase you. Watch what happens there. Verse 30, I read from verse 30 again. But Sion, king of Hezbon, will not let us pass through. He says, for the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart what? Obstinate. Anywhere you see that happening, know that God has something in plan. It's not a time to despair. As a country, as a people, the things that are happening and you're seeing the hearts of men being hardened and being made obstinate is because God has a plan. Praise the Lord. And what is the plan? That he might deliver him into your hand as it is this day. And the Lord said to me, the Lord repeats his instruction, verse 31. See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it, that you may inherit his land. Let's stop there. The Lord says, I've begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. What have they experienced at this point? What have they experienced? Sihon is fighting them. Now, I want to ask you, what is fighting you now? The Lord is saying, I've begun to what? You know, we come to church and when we say, when we want to say those who are, let's take the one that everybody wants, is uh, called to be treasurers. Immediately we think of those that don't have financial challenges. Because in this case is what? They are not fighting that battle. But what the Bible is saying here is this. The particular area of resistance is the particular area where the anointing is about to manifest in your life. If you respond by faith. We know David as the man who killed Goliath, but David was the man that a lion would have killed. David was the man that a bear would have killed. But because he was a man of faith, he could what? Triumph over the lion and over the bear to be able to kill the Goliath so that he can come into his fullness. What I'm trying to say to us this evening is this. We must reconfigure our thinking. When the Lord says, I've begun to give, the only thing they had seen was that Sihon was fighting them. So the areas that are fighting you are not areas you should consider surrender. They're not areas you should consider giving up. Maybe this will help you. And I want to advise us, please, if you have DSTV and all of that, make effort to watch some of these educative channels. It's amazing what you can learn from them, like Nigeria and the rest of them. I was watching one and they said that if you encounter a lion, if you encounter a lion, you know, in the forest or anywhere, that make sure you don't turn your back and run. Have you heard that before? I know that sounds strange, right? Because when you see a lion, the first thing you think is, you know, when we were young, they used to call it 440. Then at the time, it became Santana. I don't know what they call running race now. Carl Lewis at the time, you say boat, you boat off. Okay, they say, don't turn and run away. They say, stand and face the lion and then be waving your hands. You can be stepping back slowly, whether it's a bear. But don't turn and run away. Because once you turn and start running, it's mind and the picture in in itself says your prey. And it's a predator. It's no use to people facing it. It's no use to people, you know, confronting it. So you don't, you don't... Create a confrontational atmosphere. But you also don't send fear. And it will watch you for a while and turn and say, I don't know what is happening here. It will go on its way. It will go and start looking for something, goat or something. Do you understand? But once you turn and run, it might think it's a tall goat. 
And then pursue, praise God. I'm saying, I mean, I learned, I said, oh, is the, these things are spiritual. So God is saying to us believers many times, any small obstacle, any small challenge we see, what do we do? We turn and we start running. Whereas God wants to give you victory in that situation. So he says, I've given you Sihon. And Sihon was fighting them. Now what happened there is it? Verse 32 says, then Sihon. And all his people, look at this, all his people came out against us to fight at Jehaz. So this thing we are talking about became real. It got down to with their swords and their, you know, spears and everything they had. They were coming against Moses. Now, at that point, these people had not fought for a while. These were the generation that replaced those that died in the wilderness. These were 19 years, those that at 19 waited for those 20 and above to die. They had never seen fight, but something said to them, God has given what? These people over to us. That is what I want you to leave church with tonight. When you see obstacles, say what? God has given this over to me in the name of Jesus. You see, I've read, I can't remember the details of that one in particular now, but a student, was it, is it Ben Carson? Who said how terribly he did in some courses, actually medical courses, when he was in school. But he grew to become, you know, one of the best surgeons in the world. Now, the obstacle before you does not say there is no way. It just says that the way is higher. Is somebody getting me? Have you ever seen a bridge? Okay, I think there are bridges that go under now. No, Do bridges go under the... I think there may be a few. But what the, the normal response where you see a bridge is what? It goes above. When obstacles are before you as a child of God, that is the moment to increase your faith. It's not a time to entertain any form of fear. And God will help us in the name of Jesus. So he says, these people came out against them to fight. And this is verse 33. And the Lord our God delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons and all his people. Verse 34. We took all his cities at that time. And we utterly destroyed the men, women, little ones of every city. We left none remaining. We took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took. From Ara, which is on the bank of the river Anon, and from the city that is in the ravine. As far as Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God one delivered all to us. Only we did not go near the land of the people of Ammon anywhere near along the river Jabbok or to the cities of the mountains or wherever the Lord had forbidden us. Praise the Lord. So we see in this short report here that there is a way it works. The way it works is this. God will give the word. And that's why faith is not what I wish. Faith is what God has said to me. And to make it more beautiful, faith should not be what... I heard somebody say, faith is what the Lord said to me. I bear witness. I have heard this from the Lord. The Lord said, I will go to this city. And no matter what I see on the road, I know I will surely arise. Why? Because I heard his word. The Bible says, we understand that the world which we see, we are framed by this word. They did not come out of things we are seeing. They came out from the spoken word. So if the spoken word can create the earth that you see, then the spoken word can create your new house. Praise the Lord. The spoken word can create your new you. It can establish, it can bring a child into that womb in spite of what the medical report says. So this is what faith does. Faith holds on to the word of God. 
And then the next thing faith does is that faith does not interpret circumstances with the natural sense. Like we saw on Sunday. It's so easy to read the stories, praise God. And not appreciate the situation these people were in. These people were fishermen. So they know when a journey is bad. They knew the type of windstorm that they can, you know, rule over. They knew the type of windstorm that had killed their colleagues. So when they saw this windstorm and they saw the volume of water that was getting into their boat, they knew that they should die. But the only problem there was that they were only looking at what could be seen. And the Bible says the things which are seen are what? Temporal. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Now we know that that storm did not kill them. We know that the water did not, you know, uh, capsize the boat. What do we know? We know that the word of God came to fulfillment in their lives. The same way you and I will have circumstances staring at us today. We'll have situations, evident, you know, tangible situations looking at us. The Bible says you do not look at them. You do not meditate on them. You do not give attention to them. One of the key secrets of warfare given to us also in the Bible was what God spoke to Joshua. He didn't say to him, make sure you analyze, you know, in economics, you want to start business. They send you, they say, go and do a, a study, isn't it? A feasibility study. It's okay to do that in economics. In the Bible, as a spiritual person, you don't do feasibility study. You do what is the Lord saying. He says, this book of the law shall not Depart from your mouth. You shall what? Meditate on it day and night that you might my what? Observe to do according to all that is written. Let me help you and see why that instruction, or rather not why, how it helped Joshua. Let me tell you how it helped Joshua. Joshua had so meditated on the book of the Lord that he knew that God said, let there be light. And what happened? And there is still light. Praise the Lord. God said, let the uh, waters, you know, on the surface separate. Let there be some above and some beneath. Abby. And let them be gathered. And it was so. So when God said to Joshua, go and march round Jericho. Okay. And every day march round. And another day go march round. On the seventh day march round seven times. Then you shout. And the wall will come down. Joshua did not have interrupting meditations. He knew that the word of God that created the heavens can bring down the walls of Jericho. It was because he had meditated and sunk his head more into the word of God than evidence. Historians say that the width of the top of the walls of Jericho were so broad that six chariots could run on it at the same time. That's talking about a six-speed lane. That's how solid it was. If Joshua had not taken heed, to the instructions of meditating on the word of God. When the commander of the armies of heaven said that to him, he would have said, I beg, talk something else. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because he had become so consumed with the word of God, he had read how Abraham at 99 years and Sarah at 90 years, 89 years, how these people could bring forth a child. He had read so much and it was more a reality to him than everything he could see. So when the instruction came, you see, you see the thing about this thing is this. It's one thing to hear God and it's another thing to tell people what God is saying to you. You see, you can hear God and then when it's very private, you can manage it. But where you have to come and announce, imagine the president, the commander of the army coming and saying, soldiers, soldiers, this is how we're going to take Jericho. And they're ready to hear strategy. And then Joshua comes and says, uh, uh, those with the trumpet, 
You're going to march in front. Then they'll still be waiting. Well, those of us that are the archers and the, you know, the snipers, what are we going to do? They say you'll be marching also. Hallelujah. Then they'll be watching. So, so, okay, what will the artillery do? What would be, you know, those who shoot? And they say you'll be marching also. He said, what will you be doing? He said, we'll all be marching. Then at what angle are we going to attack? He said, when we finish marching, we'll retire to the camp. Do you know what it takes? It takes a man. Praise the Lord. It takes a man that has so meditated on the word of God that if you dissect him, all you see is the word. You see, I've heard of people who have so drank that every part of their body, I understand drug, you know, those who, who abuse their bodies with drugs, that every part of their cells, you will see the elements and the things of the drug in them. That is what the word of God should do to you. So that even when you're angry, it's the word you speak. When you're happy, you speak the word. When someone insults you, it's the word. No matter what happens, it's the word that comes out of you. When you get to that level, then you can begin to experience this type of faith. Because circumstances will put question mark on your life. You will wonder, are you crazy? Sometimes you ask yourself, did I hear right? Are you getting what I'm saying? But that is the pattern. We read here that right in front of them... The Sihon that they were supposed to take over started fighting them. They were the aggressors. He needed a lot of faith to say, no, this will we have defeated them. God has given us victory over them. And then they responded. Now look at something very interesting there in verse 33. Let me read 32 and 33 so you see. It says, then, then Sihon and all his people came out against us to fight Ajahaz. It was Sihon that was the aggressor. Now, 33 says, And the Lord our God delivered him over to us. So we did what? We defeated him. Can you see that at the back of the problem, God was working? And that is what faith also says to us. We are never alone. The believer is never alone. Praise the Lord. You know, we talk about David Stone and how he brought down Goliath. But you and I know that it wasn't David Stone that brought down Goliath. It was David's faith. That brought him down. But it was David's God that brought Goliath down. When Jesus would say to a sick person, your faith has made you whole. No, it's faith in me. It's faith in Christ. Praise the Lord. So it's the same thing for us as people of faith. When we see the circumstances, let's not calculate what resources we have to fight this battle. No, let's calculate who we have to win this battle. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you another story that will help you. I read of a story about a man who... You see, in, um, okay, it's not winter now. In the winter seasons, a lot of lakes and rivers freeze over. So that people actually, you know, go over them as though they were going on, you know, on solid ground. So there was this man that said to himself that he has enough confidence to cross a particular river. I can't remember the particular, the name of the river, you know. And that he was going to go across it. So he prepped up himself. He encouraged himself. That is going to cross this river. The river had frozen. So people do cross it. So the man set out crossing this river. Walking. After a time, his confidence began to wane. And he fell on his knees. And started crawling. Because if at any point his weight was too much. What is going to happen is that the ice will crack. And he will fall into the river. You know, frozen river. And most likely freeze to death. So the man fell on his knees and was going softly. So that he doesn't shake anywhere. As he was doing that, he became less confident and he now lay flat and started crawling. So if there was any crack, at least his body might be over it and he will survive. And the story said, while this man was flat on his body, 
going across this frozen lake. He heard a sound, a cracking sound, a loud sound. And he heard it, it got louder and louder. And then he turned to look, what did he see? He saw a man on a wagon with six horses riding a chariot, tearing across the river. And they said, one man had confidence in himself. The other man was sure that that river was frozen and would not cave. It's the difference between having faith in God and faith in any other thing. When you have faith in God, you know that God can't cake. It is impossible for God to, to lie. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Every word of God is yes and what? Amen. You can ride a wagon on that lake. It will not say, provided God is the one you're putting your trust in. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And that is what we are learning. Jesus said, let us cross over. Obstacles don't mean a thing. And in this case also, God said, I've given them to you. The evidence that God has given you is that they're harassing you. You know, many times we imagine that I've found favor in this office, so I don't have enemies. No. 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 We have the account of Joseph. The Bible says God was with what? Joseph in the house of his master, Potiphar. He didn't drive away Satan entering through Potiphar's wife to tempt Joseph. The presence of light means that, in fact, light is circumference by darkness. Just like knowledge. We know that the more you know, the more ignorant you are. How many of us have heard that before? You know, it's simple. The, the more the circle of your knowledge increases, then the boundaries of your knowledge is ignorance. I think it was um, one of those people that said that. But it's so true. Okay, so God was with Joseph in the house of his master. But he did not remove Potiphar's wife from aligning with Satan to bring him down. So it's a misconception that we often have as believers when we see troubles and we see obstacles. You know, God has said, go in this direction or accomplish this or bring this out. And then you see trials on the way and you get discouraged. Which world are you living in? This is the devil that your master, Jesus, the son of God, came down to the earth. Immaculate conception. He knew all of that and he still tempted him. And you think when the devil hears you're coming, he will step out of the road. He will not step out of the road. He's going to come to check. Besides, this is the assignment God has given to him. Have you forgotten that it was not devil that actually went for Job? It was God that said to the devil, have you considered? And true to character, he had actually considered, but was too afraid to go. He said, I've gone. Did you not put an head round about him? So God said, now you can go. So what am I trying to say to us this evening? Our faith must rise to where we hold on to the word of God and we despise situations and circumstances. We despise stories, we despise events. I'm bringing it to the time we live in. You see, my heart grieves at the notoriety we have given to this coronavirus. I saw an analysis, I don't know if we've seen it, about how different diseases kill. And in the scale, coronavirus was about 14 I'm telling you, if not for the money that some people were planning to make out of vaccines and other ulterior moves, they would not have made this much noise. They said in the U.S., flu, common flu, kills as much or even more. But you see, nobody is going to say he's going to make a vaccine. So there are all kinds of things. But because as human beings, just like we learned, you know, we mentioned uh, Jacob and his uh, flock. 
as human beings, whatever we meditate on begins to influence us. That's just the way we are wired. Whatever we meditate on. How many of us watch, you know, you watch a scary movie? What happens? You become scared. Is there anything in your environment that has changed? Nothing is what you behold. Now we saw the extreme case. We've learned here. Whatever you see in the book of Genesis, be, you know, be very mindful of it. In that book, we are told that what you see can affect your genetic nature or your genetic makeup. These flocks would only see these speckled almond sticks. And then when they conceive, the skin changes. How does it happen? We don't know, but God was giving us a secret. Watch what you look at. Watch what you look at. I've told you here many years ago as a young Christian how, how I had um, an insect bite. It was not an ordinary insect bite because it went from there on my leg and you know, started affecting my waist. It brought fever. It brought all kinds of things and refused to go. It was getting deeper. The nurse that was treating it said, Sir, if you're a Christian, please pray or find someone to begin to pray. This is not normal. But I remember then, I don't know how I look for trouble. Or whether the devil helped to find that trouble. I was driving and I saw, oh, I don't know whether it was more than one, but I remember one particular one at Ajoy State Junction. I saw a man whose leg had been amputated. And from then, the only thing I could see the devil bring to me is your leg, that leg is going to be amputated. That leg is going to be amputated. And that was what I kept. And until God had mercy on me, I'm now learning that, you see, there are some things you shouldn't even see at all. Praise the Lord. There are some things you, you, you see. Your head, your phone, and everything you have takes a picture when you press snap. You know that. But your brain does not take a picture when you press snap. Your brain takes a picture of whatever it sees. You can't see and unsee. That's why some movies I will not watch. And I'm sizing down on the movies I watch. So that I can be sure that even if they go into my hard drive and just pull out something, it will be something helpful. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are some things you must not expose yourself to. They can't help you. They will not help you. So why would you put them in your hard drive? For possible recall at some other point. So when this corona thing came up, and everywhere, now it's even difficult listening to news, because every news is corona. And right before our eyes, we are learning that there is wire in this thing. Do you know that in UK, they've admitted that deaths of corona were exaggerated? You should know that, you know... Ed, in America, they've said that also that deaths from other causes, that people will die and they'll list them at COVID-19 cases, whereas they will trace and see that those people were never tested. So there is an intention in this. What disease do they keep telling us the number of deaths? When they count those who have the coronavirus, they count those that have been healed. It might, I mean, you say there are 47,000 cases in Nigeria. There are not 47,000 cases. There are maybe 15,000 active cases. There are 47,000 who have encountered, out of which 30-something have overcome. Why are you not giving that news? Because they don't want you to think victory. They want to put fear in you. Now, that is just one situation. The same thing in every area, in your finances, you know, in your marriage. At a point, people started saying that there are as much divorces in church as it is in the world. It's a lie. This is a church. How many divorces have you seen? Do you understand what I'm saying? The world is doing everything to feed you because what it feeds you will water down your faith. And what waters down your faith will water down what you can receive from God. Brethren, what we're involved in is a faith work. 
is a faith word. And it's a warfare. That's why we pray the prayer. We said uh, 1 Timothy 1.18. It says, this charge I commit to you. 1 Timothy 1.18. It says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning that you do what? By them you may wage a good warfare. The words that have been spoken to you wage a good warfare. Nobody can do this before. Nobody can. I remember many years ago, I think it was in the 90s, when I almost said, nobody can buy a brand new car in Nigeria again. Because dollar had moved from 18 or 20 something naira to 60 naira. And I said, nobody. But every day I got out in Lagos, new cars were causing traffic. They were filling everywhere. Then I realized that my statement was wrong. Because all is that to just say to you, just fall out of the race. You know what it means to fall out of the race. You don't even attempt at all. But tonight we are learning that the challenges that you're seeing are meant to keep you from engaging. He said to them, what the Lord said to them here, he says what? He says, see, I have given Sihon to you. Begin to possess it. How do you possess it? By engaging. What you don't engage, you cannot possess. What you run away from, you cannot possess. What you don't confront, you cannot overcome. And if you are afraid to confront, it is based on information. And that information is an information, like we've said, that has exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. Our warfare is spiritual. Our warfare is spiritual. In your mind, there are wars going on. This is not possible. That cannot happen. You cannot be here. There, you cannot get that job. You cannot succeed Un- uh, unless you do this. How many of us have heard same? Unless you're criminal, you cannot become rich in Nigeria. A lot of people believe that, but that is not true. That is a lie trying to enlist every Nigerian who God has called or wants to be rich to become a criminal. In that way, aborting the purposes of God. Unless you do this, unless you do that, unless you do that. No. Let's learn to say, no, devil. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And by faith, we overcome. Praise the Lord, somebody. So tonight, I'd like us to rise on our faith. And um, I'll tell you this story. Again, one more story. I heard of an Igbo boy. You can, you can stand. Of an Igbo boy that they came to him and said to him, you know, they gave him a mathematical equation. 7 times 15 minus 7 times 11. And the boy could not answer it. They said it's very simple. 7 times 15 minus 7 times 11. The boy was just looking. You know, I think they found him from Idumata or somewhere. Then they said to the boy, if you buy 7 cartons of milk, no, not milk, I think it's peppers. <laughs> 7 cartons of, uh, <laughs> what's peppers is it now? Brick pads at 15,000. Eh? And your boy boy sells it, the seven cartons at 11,000. What would have happened? He said, I've lost. <laughs> Immediately he could calculate his loss. You see, there is arithmetics that we wrote on paper. There is applied arithmetics. The same way there is faith of what you come to church and take in note. There is the faith of the actual moment. You attend meetings where your faith is called upon. They are discussing something in your office. You'll be able to raise your hand and say, excuse me, sir. With all due respect, everything you put, but for me, I refuse that this will be my experience. Or even you cannot speak on behalf of the office. I get it what I'm saying. I live in an estate, and fortunately, God has been true to his word. Many years ago, when we moved in, we've been there for about 16 years. They wanted to get Mopo. I said Mopo does not keep a place safe. In the meeting, we had majority. Mo- I said it's God that keeps a place safe, and his angels will keep us safe. Up to now, the angels have been keeping us safe, oh. 
A few people may have had experience, but the angels have been keeping me safe. And they will keep the rest of the people safe in the name of... You see, do you understand what I'm saying? At that moment, you could shut your mouth. If you shut your mouth, you have given what? No vote. No vote, that's what it is. If you say negatively, you have voted negatively. If you say positively, what has happened? You have given a minority report. And that minority report, heaven will contact it to do something different. The doctor says to you this and this and this. They say it's the pattern. Everybody, if they say the symptoms, this is how it happens, one, two, three. Tell them that in my own case, the symptom will happen one, two, three, and then minus five. I will get stronger. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's simply what it is. It's a war of faith. It's a war of faith. But it does not come out of wishing. We must apply ourselves. Give yourself to study of the word. Praise the Lord. Give yourself. Take the word of God. You see, thank God for the time that we live in. Joshua had to have his face inside the world. Now you can be washing clothes and be listening to the word. How many times do you replay the message you've heard? How many times does it ring in your head? Until he's so conscious. You know, praise God. Let me tell you where you need to get. You need to get to the point where anything the world throws at you, something you heard responds to it. Something the word has said to you responds to it. That's where it's a fight. In a fight, someone throws punch, you're looking like this. What is going to happen? You will die. They throw punch. What do you do? You throw two back. They throw two, you throw four back. That's the way it happens. But this punch is not a physical punch, it's a spiritual warfare. So I want you to lift up your voice and say, Lord, strengthen me. Strengthen me with might in my inner man. Strengthen me. You have given me your word. Your word is yes and your word is amen. You are faithful God. You are too faithful. You cannot. You don't know failure. I will trust in you. I will make my boast in you. I will apply what you said to me. I will be like that evil boy. I may not even be able to preach sermon. I may not even be able to talk long grammar. But in the actual situation, I will not allow my boy to sell my seven cartons of battery for 11,000 that I bought for 15. I will suffer loss. Lord, help me to apply my faith to be instant in season and out of season. Lord, help me, O Lord. Lord, I receive the grace to be sensitive, to be quick to respond, to be quick to reject what is not your counsel, to be quick to claim what you give to me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I need you to pray. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me. Lord, help me. Help me. I pray for sensitivity. Let me have the mind of a warrior. Let fear be far from me. Let me not be intimidated by any situation. Let the scores not weary me. Let me know that as long as I have Jehovah on my side, all things are possible. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Help me, Lord, to give attention to what I behold with my eyes. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Lord, let me keep my heart from anything that will water down my heart drive, my store of faith. Let me not meditate on, let me not listen, let me not consider, Lord, the lies of the devil, the suggestions of the devil. Even sometimes, not even lies, the facts that the enemy are presenting to me. Let me not swallow them. Let me swallow your word. Let me eat your word. Let them be to me, O Lord, the strength and the rejoicing of my soul. Lord, I receive the grace. Help me, O Lord. Masole Gerebago Shindaganda. Masala Koshe Kapakale Gereganda. Lord, help me, for you have given victory already. Jesus has won the victory. I will walk into it. I will experience it. 
I will be a true and living testimony of everything that the word of God has said. What you've said concerning me will come to pass. Yes, a thousand may fall on my side and ten thousand by my right hand side. I stand to declare that it shall by no means come near me. Yes, it shall by no means. Why? Because I am hidden in Christ and Christ is in God. I am a child of God. Favor is upon me. Even though that favor does not mean there won't be obstacles, it means I will overcome the obstacles. I will win the battles. Where they said no, all of a sudden they will say yes. In the name of Jesus Christ, you make a way even in the sea. You don't need the solid ground to make a way. You make a way in the midst of the sea. You are God. You are almighty. You are to be exalted and you are to be magnified. So I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I worship you, Jehovah. You are God from beginning to the end. There is no place for contention, no place for argument. You are God almighty. God in my life, God in my generation, God in my country. You are the most high God. I worship you, Jehovah. Blessed, blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, our Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.